Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. I wanted to do a quick little episode on open houses because over the last couple of weeks, we've noticed that there has been an influx of agents that have been asking us how to optimize the open house from a few of the things that we've put out with the business planning and how to increase their sphere of influence. Now, the other thing that we've actually noted as well is that people's reluctance to go back to open houses now that properties are spending a little bit longer on the marketplace than they have been over the last number of years, optimizing your business in order to increase your sphere of influence through open houses, I believe is probably one of the unsung heroes in building a sustainable real estate business for the future, building that sphere and giving you an opportunity to put D leads into your sphere and work them all the way up to doing a transaction with you, or even possibly never doing a transaction with you and just being a referral partner. So just talking a little bit about first, before we dive into the optimization of open houses in order to grow your business. Now, there's no question open houses have better purpose than just growing your real estate business, but I want to talk about sphere, sphere of influence. I believe that it is the commodity that we should all be looking at as things evolve and things change in the privacy laws for regardless of whether it's through social media, whether it's through cold calling, door knocking, mail dropping, whatever it may be, there is going to be a restriction that happens and you are going to have to be the gatekeeper of people's information locally. And the only way that I know how to do that in the most effective manner and in the most at least intrusive manner, which I believe is one of the most important parts for any agent feeling comfortable with it. Let's face it, is that there's many, many agents out there that do not want to actually go and be forceful upon the general public in order to get them to use them. And when I say that, is that that's probably 99% of the real estate industry that does not want to be intrusive. So what is the best way in order to bring people to you and get their information? It's through the open house part of the business. Now, one of the things that we definitely have a, a not a parallel, so to speak, but it's actually something that is not as typically done here is usually the open house register that sits on the front of a property or at the front of a property sits there vacant with no names on it because people aren't asking people to log into the open house register. People aren't taking it upon themselves. This is where we see the auction process as an opportunity because by law, if you are advertising a sale, of a set date on a property, you need to take down everybody's information that sees that property or anybody that has shown interest in the property, whether it be online or at the property itself, you need to then communicate with them later. So getting their information at the front door is imperative. Now, there's another evolution to all of this in creating effective open houses and effective being when I'm talking about effective, I mean effective in order to grow your business through the data that is collected there. Now, most of the time, one of the big transitions that we've seen through the volume of open houses that our company has been doing through the auction process and all of the reports back that we have seen, not only from the people in our team at Harcourt's Auctions out on the field, but also agents that are out there running the auction process is about 80% of buyers that do have representation or say they have representation are turning up to those open houses with no one by their side or no agent by their side. 
Now, I'm not saying that it's your job to actively pursue somebody that might already have an established relationship, but keep in mind the end goal here is to grow your sphere of influence. I still believe that if a buyer walked into a property and we could get their name, phone number, maybe even an email address, whatever it may be, and I'll go through some scripts with you here shortly in order to get the information at the front door, is that you getting their information, even though they have a relationship established with another agent, it does give you an opportunity that even if they were to buy with that other agent, okay, you can still have their contact information and keep in contact with them so that you as an agent can be on the shopping list if they were ever going to plan on selling that property they might have purchased with the other agent in the future. Nine out of 10 people that purchase real estate cannot name their agent within 18 months of doing that transaction. An important element for you to be at the forefront of keeping that information and growing your sphere as, as deeply and as effectively as possible. Now, I'll give you an understanding here is that we work with over 2,500 agents that do more than 20 deals a year. That is our count currently. Now, one thing that we have been able to do through the business planning process that we have put out to the general marketplace, we'll link to that in the bio, and you can certainly go and get it through our website and everywhere else that you've, you've seen it. There is another podcast and a YouTube video that walks you through our business planning process. We've been getting a great deal of inbound questions around the effectiveness of open houses and why it is so effective to build your SOI, your sphere of influence. Reason being is because you can have an opportunity to impress them with one, the knowledge of a different method of sale, whether that be auction, or two, just impressing them in general by the way that you are conducting the open house. But where the real impressiveness comes is that if they come to the property, they don't have their agent. Now, one of the requirements at an auction is you get your, their name and phone number, okay, so that then you can keep them up to date with the progress of that property. Now, if you were to follow them up with a phone call within 24 hours or 48 hours of them going through that property, that is something that they don't experience. They might go and see five homes that weekend or whenever there is, is the open houses. I promise you that they might only get one or two follow-up phone calls from the agents asking their opinion of what they thought about the property to give accurate and appropriate feedback to the sellers. So guys, there's a multitude of ways that we can make this effective. So let's break it down from an open house perspective. First of all, I truly do believe that open houses through the auction process, because you have a reason to get people's information at the front door, you should be holding your open house register. Somebody walks up to the open house. Hey there, my name's Ben. What's your name? That is the way that you should start that initial conversation up. Now, if it's not an auction and it's just a traditional sale, I still believe that your area of expertise is the front door with the open house booklet or register, whatever you're going to call it, and you're taking down that person's information. If they've come to an open house, they don't want you standing beside them, showing them every attribute of the property. That is not the time to sell the property. Let's go through that principle one more time. You overselling the property at an open house can be more annoying to most people that come, okay, than actually letting them walk through and find their feet in their own time. That is why they are there. They want to get a characteristic of the property. They want to feel it. They want to make snarky comments to maybe their husband or their wife about the property without you looking over the shoulder to get a real feel for it indeed. 
Now, at the front door itself, okay, when someone approaches you, as mentioned, the best way to start up that conversation is to make a complete assumption that they are okay you taking the information down. Give you an example, we had an open house the other week that had 271 people through it, groups of people. When I say groups, there might have been two or three people in that one group, but we had 271 groups of people through the front door of that property within an hour window. We'll get to the time frame here shortly because shortening that time frame is the most effective way to get a higher volume of people through and to create a little bit more of a buzz. But we'll talk about that shortly. However, this property in Pasadena, okay, had 271 groups of people through. Out of the 271 groups of people, there was one group of people that did not want to give their information. One group out of 271, I believe that's pretty good odds. The way to enter this conversation is that, hi there, my name's Ben. What's your name? Okay, shaking of a hand, or maybe that's a little taboo now with COVID or whatever it is, I don't know. But again, hi, my name's Ben. What's your name? Immediately look down and write down their name. John. Hi, John. Last name, Smith. Okay, John, what's the best contact number for you? 949-632-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, John. Um, were you aware that this is an auction property? Now, again, this is an auction script, okay, if it is an auction property, or just saying, how did you find out about the property? That might be an appropriate question to ask them at the front door. Oh, we saw it on Zillow, or our agent sent it to you. Okay, great. So you do have an agent? No problem at all. Uh, John, this is 38 Smith Street, okay? It is a four-bedroom, two-bathroom um, on this much square footage, da 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 just wanted to give you a quick little intro to the property. I'm going to be here the whole time, so feel free to look through, okay? Here's a flyer. Enjoy your experience. Okay. Now you might have so many people that are coming through the property that you might not get another chance to speak to John. At least you've actually got an opportunity to get their contact information or whatever it may be. Now here's the trick that if somebody doesn't want to give you the information, if it is an auction property, it's pretty simple. In the auction agreement, it stipulates that the sellers want to make sure that anybody that enters their property provides a name and contact information for security purposes. Okay. It also, we are required by law in order to get it because there's a date, time set on it on the property. We also advertise that the property could sell before auction. So that's why we have to get appropriate information from people so that we can keep in contact with them. If they were waiting until auction date, we can contact everybody or show that we've made contact with everybody to give them a fair and reasonable chance. Now, traditional sales. Just add into your listing contract somewhere, maybe an addendum, whatever it may be. You might want to, if you're a business owner, you might want to get this drawn up for the office. But in that listing contract, have the seller request that anybody that enters their home that you have their phone number and their full name and number for security purposes. So again, at the door, then what you can do, if somebody doesn't want to give you information and it's not an auction property, it might even just be traditional, is that you can say to them, hey, my sellers have requested that every person that comes through gives a name and contact information for security purposes. I'm sure you can appreciate that if you had people coming through your home, you would want to actually have some security based around that. And guys, if somebody is unreasonable and does not want to give you the name and number, are they likely going to be the buyer for that property? The answer is no. Do you likely want to deal with them in the future if they are a seller? The likelihood is no. So please, what is the downside of somebody saying no is that, hey, I'm really sorry I can't let you come into the property. Unfortunately, based on my seller's request, please respect that they put me in that position to make sure that I safeguard their property. 
Hopefully you could respect it if you if this was your property as well. Something along those lines, guys, it's pretty simple and straightforward, but I do believe that you are not an agent for the future and you're not looking to build a sustainable business for the future, a referral-based business for the future. If you are not standing at the front door of your open houses and taking down the names and phone numbers. Now, I will go even one step further to that, is that a lot of the times in the bigger teams that we operate with, the primary listing agent themselves or the head of that team does not stand at the front door and do their own open houses. I get that. But just as long as the people that are doing the open houses for you are under strict requirement to get the names and phone numbers of the people that enter that property, one, it gives better chance to follow up, better leads for the future, all of those different things that you know, okay? But really, if you're not doing your own open houses, guys, you must have a very good established sphere of influence. And what I mean by that, let's talk about what a healthy sphere of influence looks like, is that from all of the great agents that we operate with, if we go down and break down their SOI sphere of influence from C, so I classify our, our SOI with A plus A, B, C, D leads. A D lead is basically anybody that's willing to give you a name and a phone number. Okay. So therefore you can obviously communicate with them and try and find out their property address. Once you have their property address and you've established some format of a relationship or where they live is that then they go to a C lead. Okay. That C lead then gives you an opportunity to communicate with them about their real estate needs. Even if they're a buyer or they communicate with you around what their budget is and what they're looking for, they go to a C lead. It gives you the opportunity to communicate with them with real purpose around that specific subject. Okay. Now, if they are a B lead and above, they are people that know who you are and what you do. Now, there's an argument to say that the C leads will as well, but B plus are people that know who you are and what you do. And if you're a highly established team that is building a referral-based business, I guarantee you there is one commonality when it comes to really well-established teams that work off an established referral-based business is their SOI. So their sphere of influence, if it has 200 B plus leads in it, they will do about 20 deals out of that sphere of influence. Between 10 and 12% is usually the return. Now, guys, this is from studying over 2,500 teams that do more than 20 deals a year. There's greater studies that are out there that absolutely back this up, that if there is a person in your database that knows who you are and what you do, they are classified as a B plus lead in your sphere of influence. Now, if you have 200 people in your sphere of influence at a B plus, okay, is that then you are going to do between 10 and 12% from just communicating with your database every year. So for example, if I have 200 people on there and I want to do more than 20 deals a year, okay, now my SOI as a whole might be 500 people, but if I've only got 20 that know who I am and what I do and you're very realistic around that, is that then real then realistically you should be doing 10 or 12% return on that by simply communicating with them about real estate simply communicating with those 200 people will lead you to a buyer a referral whatever it may be the reality is you should be getting 20 20 deals out of 200 sphere of influence leads that are b plus each year so our primary goal is how do we put them in there? We put them in the funnel. If we think about the funnel and flip it over, is that D at the top, C, B, 
are obviously A and then A plus all the way down to the bottom of that funnel. They need to go in as D leads and obviously come purified as they come out the bottom. And I don't know a better way to get absolute D leads than it open houses. You can do cold calling, you can do door knocking, you can do all of those things, and you will not get as good of return of information that is given and being able to be communicated with. Now, guys, you will find that nine people out of 10 that you communicate with at an open house are going to be very friendly, going to be very open, want to ask you a lot of questions about what is happening. But like I said before, getting their information, giving them an introduction to the property, and then letting them go about it in their own time is one of the big mistakes that most people make. Usually, they don't do it that way. Usually, they try and tour them through the property, ask them a whole bunch of questions, then ask them what they think at the property itself, it becomes this awkward interaction at that point. As soon as you've created to be awkward, you've tainted your reputation with them for the future. If they make a comment on the way to their car, oh God, I'm happy to be out of there. They were really needy or something like that. You've ruined that possibility for a relationship in the future. Now, the best way to do it, okay, would be probably at the front door, I like to do it at the front door. Hey, I'm going to be reaching out to you to get some feedback from for my sellers over the next few days. Or maybe you don't even mention that because you don't have the time to do that. So calling within 48 hours and doing a quick follow-up phone call is the most impressive element that you can see within an open house for the people that were there. Ring, ring, ring. Hi there. My name is Ben Brady. I'm from Harcourts Real Estate. I met you at 38 Smith Street on the weekend. Do you remember that property? Well, yes, I do. Great, excellent. My job is actually to compile feedback about that property for my sellers so they can make an informed and educated decision. I provide it to them in a weekly report and I'd love to know your thoughts on the property. Now, you're promoting yourself at this point. Well, you know, it's not really for us. We're looking for this at the moment or, hey, I live locally or just curious or whatever it is. That gives you an opportunity to then break away and lead off. If they're saying, hey, I'm a buyer, I'm looking for something more specific, what exactly are you looking for? Well, no, I have a relationship with an agent. No problem. Well, I've always found that two sets of eyes are better than one. If you tell me what you're looking for, possibly I could send it to you and you could notify your agent. Okay. We might have some things that I know. I might have some properties that I know are coming up or something along those lines. So give me an idea of what you're looking for. Okay. If it's somebody, oh no, we live locally. Oh, great. Do you like the local area? Yeah, we do. Great. Whereabouts do you live? If you don't mind me asking this, this address. Okay. Well, no problem at all. They might give you an address. Great. So are you looking just because you're curious or are you looking to make a real estate decision in the near future? Oh, well, no, we're just, we're just curious about values. Well, one of the things that I do offer is, is an agent opinion. I don't need to come over to your property. If you give me your address, I can send you over a comparative market analysis with some sales in the area that have happened recently and compare it to your property. So we can determine what the value of your home might be just from an agent opinion. Guys, this is all real gold in the way to obviously go through and decipher the people that came through. Now, not every single person is going to be somebody that you enter as a D lead into your sphere. You might have a higher standard than that, but either way, it's somebody that you can communicate to because you've started the journey of your relationship with them based on a real estate transaction or them talking to you about real estate or them coming through that property itself. One of the other things that really bothers me is when people allow allow first showings to happen outside of the open houses. Zero control in that sense creates an opportunity outside of this for you, or sorry, creates a lack of opportunity for you to gather people's information. Also, it doesn't create a sense of urgency. This is another thing that I want to talk about structure of your open houses to optimize them in the best way. A lot of the time when I first moved to the US, it blew my mind that you guys would do open houses, being agents in North America would do open houses for four hours. What do you do in four hours? 
Just to be clear, our open houses that I grew up doing were 30 minutes and I would turn up a little bit late, even though you might like not like to hear that. I'd turn up a little bit late. So there's probably a little bit of a line at the front door. So there's that awkward tension amongst people. And again, that restricted time window. One of our biggest pieces of advice is that most agents have taken on board. We do most of our auctions in Southern California. I can say categorically that Harcourt's auctions has changed the way that people do open houses in Southern California, okay, is that maximum two hours at a time, 90% of our open houses for our auction agents that have done more than one auction are for one hour. And you will find that this is not only unbelievably beneficial for you and your time that you can stack more listings in if you are the primary listing agent or your team, okay, but also it's unbelievably optimized from a perspective of beating out the competition's open houses locally. You think about it. If I'm a buyer and I've got four open houses I'm going to see, all of these other ones are for three and four hours and even two hours. If you do yours for an hour, go to that property first, okay? Well, I'm going to go to that property first. And that property is in my mind based on the perspective of comparing it to everything else if we're starting that journey. So I like to do them earlier in the day and for shorter periods of time in order to make sure that you're beating people out locally. The property is not on the marketplace in isolation. It is always on the marketplace in competition. And we have to think through this. Not only do we think about it from building our own business, we think about this from a strategic angle to get the property sold, but also what does this provide you with? Thought process to provide your sellers in a listing presentation to impress them that you think about the nuances here, guys. You think about the nuances. So to wrap this up is that it all starts with making sure that you stand at the front door and you take down people's information. Now, the way that you can do that with confidence that if you need a reason to actually do that rather than just actually doing it is that get your sellers to add into their listing contract if it's not an auction because it already is in there. If it is an auction and we even give a sign in the auction pack for people to put up at their open houses that it is a condition of entry, maybe you want to do the same thing with a traditional sale. Get them to put in that for security reasons, they want everyone's name and phone number that enters the property. Okay. And you can sell them on this one for security purposes. They might live in a really nice area, so they don't need it for security purposes. However, it's also so that I can actually get people's names and numbers so I can follow up with them and get you accurate feedback so that you know exactly what's what people's opinion of your property is to make an informed and educated decision. Very simple. Get them to agree to it. You stand at the front door. Your domain, I know it's going to be hard for some of us ADD people because I'm certainly one of them, is that your domain should not be within with outside of six feet of that open uh, that open doorway okay that is your domain now some people might even say to me what if a line starts to form oh my god champagne problems okay so just address it hey guys i'll be with you very shortly just taking names and numbers thank you for your patience and do you think someone's going to have a question about it when they get when there's a line and you're taking the names and numbers of people at the front door? Guys, stop giving yourself reasons not to do it because this is a reason that you are going to have a sustainable business for the future purely based on being able to grow your sphere of influence. If you did one open house and you got two or three D leads out of every one of those open house, which is actually very, very, uh, um, very, very small amount of people, is that that would be growing your business infinitely, okay? Let's say you do 100 open houses in the year, okay, because you're helping other people out or whatever it may be, 100 times three, 300 leads to your database or to your sphere of influence. Now that's, uh, again, you might not do 100 open houses, you might only do 30 or whatever it is, but it's growing it exponentially if you're getting people's information. Okay, whether it be buyers, whether it be future sellers, just so everyone knows, 80% of my listing leads came from the open houses that I personally did, okay? 
And that was really the primary focus of where I would actually get my most amount of prospecting. I didn't like cold calling. I didn't like door knocking. I didn't like any of that stuff because open houses actually always yield me something better. So get the sellers to agree, stand at the front door, don't try and sell the property to them. Even if you are the only per, even if they're the only person at the open house, guys, answer maybe some questions, but don't linger. Let them do their own thing. They came to an open house and didn't request the showing, okay, for a particular reason. If they want to, if they want to be walked through it, they can come back for a second showing. Okay. Another element of this is that don't agree to individual showings. Even if the other agent on the other end is saying to you, oh, they can't see it at this time. No problem. Get them to go look at something else. You've got to have a little bit of a sense of politely firm here, guys. Stick to the process, get them through the open houses, actually find out whether or not they're interested or not. Because if they are really interested in the property, they will come to the open house. Even if they've got this tight schedule or whatever it may be, too bad they're going to miss out. Have that absolute view on it and you'll be able to control deeper. Now, the next part, shorten the time frame. Shorten the time frame. Do it for 30 minutes. Do it for for an hour. Now, I'll give an example. Justin Green, who was a recent person on the podcast, you can go back and watch the episode. He runs the Green Group and Chad Whitfield, they're our number one auction performers within North America. Um, Now, these guys, because they carry such an inventory of auctions, and again, they're not at cheap price points in any way, shape or form, they're doing open houses for 30 minutes at a time because they don't have any other time and they don't want to miss out on conducting them themselves because they, they would miss out then on the people that they get to meet to fuel their business for the future. They've got very, very lofty aspirations from a deal count, from a GCI account. So they know that what they have in their sphere of influence at the moment is not enough to passively get them there. That is the category of whether or not you should be doing your own open houses. Is your sphere of influence going to return you enough from a 10 to 12% from people that know who you are and what you do, B plus leads in my view, in order to fuel your business for the future ongoingly? Some things to think about when it comes to open houses, guys, I really do believe it is the cornerstone of establishing a business and you should be doing as many as you possibly can over the next number of years while privacy laws start to shrink and our marketplaces and our information starts to shrink. Thanks for tuning in. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. It would mean the world to us, and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow, or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.